Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday. Uh, we'll find out whether the grocery, grocery commission is going to make any difference. Uh, is Paul Eagle allowed his billboards or not in Wellington? Oh, scandal. And uh, pies on a plane. Not quite as scary as snakes on a plane, but nearly. Uh, but first up, uh, the cost of living is so bad now that uh, even if you've got a combined household income of $150,000, you can't make ends meet, apparently. Wow. What would it take then for you to feel comfortable with your, you know, with your income? What, what's a figure that you think? How many kids did you say you've got? Two. I've only got two. The, the thing being is, like, we, we get by, but we're not uh, getting ahead like we were before we had children, mm. um, you know, and... All it would take is, you know, like a vehicle breakdown or something like that, and there's a major appear involved in it. It would be, it would be a very testing time for us. Um, you know, just just the childcare example. Mm. Um, with our, our two children and early childcare, my wife. By the time we pay that, my wife's wages only worth about five hundred dollars in the hand a fortnight now. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 quite a big what childcare takes out. So I really think it, it depends on the position or stage you're at in life. Did you have to make sacrifices when those kids came along, James? As in, you would have had a budget when it was just you and your, your partner or wife, and then I suppose you yeah, had to yeah. rip up that budget and start again. Uh, yeah, so we actually put money aside before we had kids and all that, and you know we have a mortgage but no other debt. Um, so we're not we're not going backwards, but mm. yeah, we, we did have to change things up, and we don't have things like Sky and all that. We yeah, we live a very basic lifestyle, so it is doable, but it's not. Um, we're not prospering, put it that way. No, and that's that's the word. So, do you save anything at all now? Um, some weeks we might put a hundred dollars, or some fortnights we might put a hundred dollars away, and then that might be it for two months, and then we'll be able to put. So we put little bits away here and there. Yeah, see, your problem there is kids, isn't it? Like I always say, just don't have them. If we, if nobody had any kids, so many problems solved. Bang. I just don't understand why this isn't getting through to people. Anyway, things would be different if I was in charge. Um, I'm not sure whether I would have appointed a grocery commissioner or not. Is that a good idea, Kate? I mean, it was reported that MB admitted that there was a risk that this could limit the ability of major grocery retailers to negotiate fairly and that it could contribute to higher costs for grocery retailers which would make it harder for them to keep prices competitive for us. So there is a risk of compliance costs getting passed on to us. If you compare it to the UK model, based on their numbers, the cost of the government implementing it uh, was about $1.5 million a year. Compliance costs for retailers was estimated to be around seven fifty to 800000 per year. So while the government's pointing the finger directly at fat cat supermarket retailers, the opposition says, you know, all of this is a bit of a ruse. The government's actually missing the point. You know, the reason Kiwis pay too much for food, according to ACT, is rampant domestic inflation fueled by government spending. And they say the government needs to admit that it's inflation that's causing it, that's hurting Kiwis. So what we want to know is, you know, one, will it make it any easier for other players to enter the grocery market? Many say no, because there's now so many regulatory barriers uh, that no one's going to bother anyway. How much competition at the end of the day will we actually get, if any? How much teeth will this new watchdog really have? And will the benefits of having it offset the cost and time spent setting it up and administering it? And in all this bureaucracy and paperwork, will we, the consumer, in the end, actually be any better off? Oh, well, 
there's no there's my those were my questions and Kate's just asked more questions I'm, I'm looking for answers here is the grocery conditioner gonna fix it I'm gonna have to ask somebody else Kerry Kerry Woodham can, can you tell me so for many of the goods that are in the supermarkets there are alternatives you can go elsewhere you can grow your own make your own or buy bulk elsewhere but when it comes to fuel you can't so I think supermarkets sure you know you you very seldom meet a supermarket owner who doesn't enjoy a pretty comfortable lifestyle they work for that many of them work from from being trolley boys or girls all the way through they know every aspect of the business they many of them work seven days when they start off they work very very hard for the rewards they get so sure they make a profit and I don't think they apologize for that and they work hard to get that profit so what is excessive and why just supermarkets and why is it the government saying, well, it's got nothing to do with us, when, when clearly many of the policy, policies they've implemented have caused prices to rise, inflation to grow, a constriction in households. They're very convenient whipping boys supermarkets for households who are experiencing real pain at the checkout till. But to say they are solely to blame for the rising price of your groceries I think is wrong and it's unfair. A grocery commissioner, while it sounds all very well and good, is going to do very little to put more cash in your pocket. Yes, it's in that now. So now we're getting to the nub, aren't we? I, 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 I like that question better. I like that question better than Kate's question. So if, I, if, I'm, if I'm in the question competition today, Kerry wins over Kate... Because the, the what is excessive profit, I think that is a good question. Because that's how the system's set up. That's what capitalism is. He or she, she or he, who makes the most excessive profit wins, right? So unless you want to change that system completely, don't try and appoint commissioners to just nibble away at the edges of it. It's all about excessive profit. That's that's what we're all aiming for is excessive profit. We all want to make excessive profit, don't we? We get angry when other people make it, but if we're making it, that's great. Now, Paul Eagle has decided to spend some of his excessive profits. I actually don't know if he's got excessive profits, where the money's coming from, but anyway. On um, electronic billboards around Wellington, trying to get people to vote for him. And uh, the council said that wasn't allowed, but... They're wrong. <laughs> and this has been done before, by the way. This is not unusual. Nick Leggett ran for mayor back in 2016. He had his face on buildings and buses as early as May. So the council should have known it. But they said that there were so many complaints about these billboards that they felt compelled to act. Now, 
the rules are either that he's allowed to have these billboards up or not, right? The council doesn't get to make up new rules simply because they've had a few crybabies complaining to them about it. And this is why I'm warming up to Paul Eagle, because he stood up to the council. Councils are notoriously stupid, and they often behave like they're completely unaccountable because so few ratepayers care enough to watch what's actually going on. And so often they end up pushing the mayors around instead of the mayors pushing them around. Well, it's nice to see a mayoral candidate prepared to square up to the council. Yep. I will agree with you if you think this is trivial. It absolutely is. It's just billboards. But if this is his attitude towards those B graders in council now, then I've got hopes that he's going to push them around a little bit if he wins the mayoralty. And it might pay for mayoral candidates around the country to take a leaf out of his book because I reckon this will go down well with ratepayers who will elect elect you. Um, so councils are notoriously stupid. What a fantastic call from, from Heather. Um, can we can we just um, rate the candidates in the, in the upcoming local body elections on how notoriously stupid they are and vote for the least notoriously stupid ones we do that Mate, and try and change that or is it only notoriously stupid people who stand on councils great call Heather uh, I don't know if this next call is a great call. Marcus has heard that Ian is... Well, I'll let him explain. I don't know if this is a portent of the beginning of the end of civilization, But I do think we need to discuss it certainly tonight. Ian New Zealand have announced that they will be serving pies. World's most stupid idea. I don't think in New Zealand have come up with anything more stupid since they said they're going to run their planes on the Chitrofa Berry, which was one of their great uh, attempts to get um, green credentials a number of years ago. But for them to say they're serving pies, what's the one thing about a pie? If you're eating a pie, you want to be somewhere where you're free to move around and go get help if it falls down your front and burns you. And no pie is a secure unit. There's always filling coming out, going down your horror. Imagine if you're in the middle seat with your elbows all tucked in because you've got big people either side of you and you're trying to eat a pie. And there's some sort of incursion on the interface between the wall and the crust or the roof and you've got hot mints going down your arm. It's the And terrible for people around you. What about the vegetarians on the plane? Or the non-meat eaters. Next, it'll be KFC. You can't uh, criticise Marcus for not taking a stand. That is a literal hot take on pies on a plane. I think it's a fantastic idea. I love a pie. I had a pie last night. Um, I was worried about it because for some reason a bunch of frozen pies turned up at work yesterday. And I took one home and I let it defrost and then I put it in the air fryer. And I didn't know whether that would work or not and it worked a treat. Um, the, the crust was crunchy and the pie was hot. It was perfect. I really enjoyed that pie. but. Marcus needs to work on his pie technique by the sounds of things. I don't think pies 
not all pies self-destruct. I mean, I get that that does happen sometimes. But that's that's true of a lot of airplanes. I mean, I've been on the plane when just, you know, you have your cup of tea. I think the cup of tea is a problem on the plane. Bit of turbulence. I don't think pies are more dangerous than tea, and they definitely taste better. And also, you can get vegetarian pies, Marcus. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't get alongside him on this one. Bring on, well, it should, I, I'd be keen on a pie-only plane, to be honest. I'm going on a plane today. Uh, I, I don't think there'll be pies, because I'm only going to Christchurch, but maybe I can get one beforehand. I am Glenn ZB, and as promised, I think I promised yesterday that uh, this podcast would end by making you feel hungry, and I've delivered. Uh, and who knows how hungry uh, I'll make you again on Monday with the weekend edition then. I might be able to report back on whether I had a pie on the plane or not. See you then.